Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Shopify presents Cool Sheets from Aha to Lying Awake While You Bake Isn't Cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my aha moment, bedsheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bedsheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible, signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome into today's Sports Stove Podcast, presented by Skull Candy. And today we have a very special guest with us. He is a mixed martial art heavyweight, six and three pro record. All six wins coming by first round finishes, a good mixture of knockouts and submissions. According to Tapology, he's the number three pro heavyweight in Kentucky, number 17 pro heavyweight in the U.S. Southeast region, and 61st overall in the United States of America. Joining us today, Harry the Hurricane Hunsucker. Harry, thanks for being with us today. Thank you guys for having me, man. I appreciate you having me on. Man, I'm excited to talk some mixed martial arts with you. Of course, in the, the UFC has some big fights coming up. We'll talk about that here in a few minutes. Uh, but wanted to kind of start off with uh, you. Of course, you've got a fight coming up. We'll talk about this more in a moment as well. Uh, February the 27th in Bowling Green, Kentucky against Corey Moon. And uh, for more information on that, you can go to hrmma.com. That's scrolling across the bottom of the screen. If you're uh, viewing this on YouTube, you can see that on there throughout the interview. 
And I figured this is a, a great uh, a great sponsor for us today because you're someone who crushes skulls. And so one of our sponsors in this podcast is Skull Candy. And uh, discover life at full volume with headphones, earbuds, speakers, and more. Skull Candy is your one-stop shop for new music, culture, and audio built to hashtag stay loud. And there will be a link on the comments on YouTube and on the uh, podcast notes on all the podcast platforms where you can click and go to skullcandy.com and shop. If you use that link, they'll know that we sent you. So please do that. All right, let's get started. You were in on November. Uh, you were on the Dana White's Contender Series. Uh, big fight there. Me and my kids, I got two boys, 12 and 9, and we watched that fight twice. We watched it back in November when it aired, and we watched it this week to get ready for the interview today. Uh, tell me, what was awesome. the experience like uh, uh, in that event? So um, I guess I should start with the lead up to the event, like how it happened, how it, how it all played out. Is that? Yeah. That, that would be the best starting point, right? So um, I fought October 17th, and I defended my, my regional title here in Kentucky. Um, you know, I had an impressive win there, and the promoter, uh, Hard Rock, with HRMMA, um, he's like, stay ready, stay ready. Chris uh, lights out Lytle. Do you know him? Yeah, he works with uh, he works with B two Digital. That's the the um, series that I'm champion for. Chris Lytle told me the same thing, and then my manager Pat Wilson with Rise Sports Management Group. He also manages a guy gaining a lot of popularity locally and um, worldwide. Nathan Manis. He just um, mm-hmm. got the uh, performance of the night bonus in the UFC, and he's uh, he's two and zero in the UFC now. So. Um, they're all like, stay ready, stay ready. You're going to get a call. And um, so I get a call on Halloween on October 31st with the offer to step up on uh, short notice to fight um, Jared Bandera on the Contender Series. And, you know, obviously that's not something that you turn down. Um, I had, I'm not going to lie, you know, I had slacked up in my training a little bit just because I didn't expect it to be that quick of a turnaround. You know what I mean? Um, so, you know, we make the decision. We're like, Hey, we'll do it. And so we commit to it on Halloween and, um, we don't really hear anything back that day. So I go to sleep that night. I'm freaking out. Um, you know, a huge dream is coming to fruition for me. Like, like that, like at the snap of a finger, you know, yeah. so it's crazy. And so Sunday, we're like, was it no, so, so maybe it was Sunday. So basically what happens is I can't say anything. I've got to keep it under wraps. And um, I didn't even know that Bandera's side had agreed to the fight or that it was official or anything until people started tagging me on Facebook <laughs> because it had they were having a fight um that night and i think it was uh, that halloween night i think it was anderson silva versus uh uriah hall that night was the night that they made the announcement and um they you know it popped up across the bottom of the screen i was i was on the bottom uh dana white's contender series season four uh week eight and um you know i started people People were like when were you gonna tell us man i was like (laughs) i really didn't even know it was official yet honestly Um, so then, you know, I mean, obviously I started, my phone started blowing up and I got the screenshot of it and I posted and I let people know, I was like, Hey, it doesn't matter. Four days notice. 
anytime, anywhere, any place. And anybody that knows me too knows that over the past couple of years, I'll fight anybody. I'll go anywhere to fight them pretty much. You know what I mean? As long as my coach and my manager agree on it. And then it's on after that, win or lose. And um, so Sunday we go um, fill out paperwork so that we can get the trip going. And we train a little bit with me, my coach, and my corners. And um, I get done training, and I've got like four or five missed calls from the UFC and from my manager. They're like, hey, we have to have you on a plane like right now. So um, we get done training at 1, and we're in the airport by 4 o'clock. <laughs> and, and I have about an hour drive from the place we were training at to my house and then back to the airport, too. So... Um, I mean, we really had, a, I had about two hours to get ready for the trip. And then next thing you know, me and my, uh, brother, Jesse, he's not my brother, but I mean, we're pretty much brothers now. He's my main, one of my main training partners. He's my mid guy and he's my guy that keeps my head straight. And then my coach seals, who is the mad scientist that has made a huge difference in my game over the past couple of years. We're in the airport on our way to Vegas and we fly all day and, Know, touchdown in Vegas at like one o'clock in the morning on um, what was it Sunday night now, and then go right in, get COVID tested, get quarantined, and then right into the mix as soon as that comes back. What was the uh, had you known enough about him before the fight, or I mean, how much time did you have to to really? Um, we, I mean, I don't really watch the guys. I mean, I'm just, you know, going to be honest. I don't really watch them just because, I'll, I mean, I'll look at their fight like here and there, but I'm not the guy that studies their tape. I let my coach do it for me and tell me what to do. So we really got three sessions in training for him. And they were, I mean, I went from zero to fight week. So then you got, you know, I mean, you have to take those training sessions very lightly. You know what I mean? So I yeah. didn't really get to do any hard cardio, get my lungs reincorporated, and I paid for it in the fight, as you could tell. Um, but, you know, we got to train like three times to game plan to, to beat him. You, I mean, in the first two and a half, maybe three minutes of that fight, there were a couple times it looked like he was going to drop. <laughs> I mean, you landed some big shots. Yeah. You know, that was, that was the big thing. I know that um, – I know that – you know, I was there on short notice. I knew that I had taken a, a small break from running my cardio, conditioning, and then even sparring. My sparring wasn't on. Um, so I had to, uh, you know, I had to go in there and go for broke. That was the, you know, that was the thing. I was going to go out with my shield or on it. And, you know, I dropped some bombs on him. I, you know, I cracked him good. And I feel like I made that fight happen. You know what I mean? If it wouldn't have. You know, if I wouldn't have threw those bombs, it wouldn't have been the exciting fight that it was. Was there a moment where you, you felt like you had them, where you thought, this is it's over, I'm going to win? Um, I mean, yeah, I never go into a fight expecting to lose. You know what I mean? Um, my plan was to knock him out or hopefully to get him on the ground and get the win. I mean, I knew that it was a hard fight. I knew that he had been preparing for it and training for it. Um, and I knew that the deck was highly stacked against me, but 
you know, that's um, that's the way that it is in fighting, I think, all the time. You know, I mean, you never get a um, – you never get it laid all out to you. It's never a give-me fight, even if you fight somebody that maybe has a record that's not the best, which sometimes you have to do regionally. You know what I mean? I know a lot of guys um, – Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home – is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. You know, a lot of guys knock that when, some, when a guy fights a guy that maybe he's got a way better record than, but sometimes regionally that's the best that you can get, man. Yeah. Um, no. So I knew that I knew the deck was stacked against me, but I definitely was going in there to win. I was not going in there to 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 take a loss and ruin my ruin my dreams. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did you get a chance to talk with Dana? Was there any a good conversation or any conversation with him? Um, well, I mean, you saw all the conversation that I had with him whenever you were watching the thing. I turn around. So basically what happens is when you come through those doors, man, it's like you're walking into the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? It's the biggest level that you can ever be on outside of being in the UFC. So I walk through the doors and I'm like, holy cow. And um, I'm running around the cage and I look over and I see the top of Dane in his head like he's sitting behind a glass shield you know because of covid and um i'm like i gotta say something so i turn around and i'm like hey dana four days notice and i like hold up four fingers to him and i guess you you saw that on the on the film if you were paying attention yeah uh the apex tell us about the apex what's it like um, so the cool, I mean, the coolest part for me is like, as soon as you come in the door there, they've got the entire ultimate fighter, um, r like layout there. They've got all of the seasons of the, of tough on the wall and all of the fighters have autographed it. So like, I'm looking up like, and like, here's some of my heroes in MMA, like Forrest Griffin, Nate Diaz, um, you know, Uriah Faber's season on there. Um, and then they've got a number of uh, UFC belts that have been donated to them. Like they've got, I don't know if they've been donated or purchased that want them, but um, you've got like Jen's Pulver's uh, belt sitting there. You've got um, like the very first UFC heavyweight championship, Mark Coleman's sitting there. Um, super cool. What is, um, what would you describe your fighting style to be like? Because your wins have come, you've got knockouts and you've got submissions, um, different kinds of submissions as well. So what would be your fight style that you'd say? Um, I would say that my fight style is definitely, um, kickboxing and jujitsu. I mean, I'm a third degree black belt in Taekwondo, um, which a lot of my striking comes from that. And then I've studied kickboxing and, and Muay Thai for years. I I apologize, man. I'm trying to find a spot where my service is good. I'm driving down the driving down the interstate here. 
But I, I would say that my fighting style is, you know, kickboxing and jujitsu. I'm a brown belt in jujitsu as well. And um, I would say kickboxing and jujitsu is my, my style if I was to give myself a style. How do you weigh the importance of being an entertainer um, versus just being a fighter? Um, well, I'm a, I run a martial arts school. I'm a martial arts instructor by day. So, you know, I, I know that you're, a lot of guys have to create a persona and they have to create that, that guy that people want to see fight. You know what I mean? Um, for me though, I just, I don't know. I try to be genuine and show that I'm a hard worker, you know, and I think those two things, um, say a lot. And then, um, you know, at the end of the day, the, the fighting is the um, thing that talks the most, you know what I mean? Um, I heard, a, I've, I've heard this quote a bunch of times, you know, some guys can talk the talk the talk and some guys can walk the walk. Um, and then some, and then some guys are just too busy walking to pay attention to what anybody's saying you know what i mean and that's the way that i try to be man i try not to focus too much on what everybody says and all the you know i don't i try not to get cut up caught up in the smack talk and stuff like that i just try to be a good fighter man uh some of this was covered on the contender series but not everybody listening to this had seen that tell us a little bit about how you got into mixed martial arts kind of what it was that drove you there and then especially what eventually put you to the point where you decided this is what I want to do as far as, you know, as a career. Sure. Um, so I got into, I mean, I've always been interested in fighting. I mean, anybody that knows me in school knows that like I was, you know, I was always fighting somebody. I was always in trouble or suspended or meeting somebody to, to, to get into it. Um, just because that's how, you know, that's how kind of how we came up from where I'm from, man. And I know that like, I'm not from like a big city or anything. I'm from, you know, a pretty country spot, but you know, we, uh, you know, we were fighters, man. We were, you know, that's what, that was what a lot of people did. So, um, you know, now I guess it was, came naturally partially. And then, um, I had a friend shadow who was going down to these fights and, and and fighting and watching them and stuff and i was like well man shadow's doing it. i have to try it because he was a good friend of mine and so i got into it and i trained for two weeks and i took my first fight after two weeks um as an amateur and i got lucky and won that's <laughs> sheer luck and i mean sheer luck and the fact that i was like i'm not losing today kind of thing you know what i mean yeah um so I fought that fight and then two weeks later I fought again and I got my arm broken. I got my jaw fractured and then I got choked unconscious. I got choked out at that fight. And then I was like, well, if I'm going to do this, I should probably start training. So like I started dabbling in training after that and I didn't fight for like another year and a half. And um, when I did, I racked off like three, four wins in a row as an amateur. I think three um, as an amateur. And then I got the opportunity to fight for my first title and I fought a guy named Tim Dunn and I just, I don't know. It was just, I was young. Um, I got a little cocky from picking up a few wins and I had to pay for it. You know what I mean? And Tim Dunn was a great fighter, man. And, um, you know, I just, I don't think I really got serious about it until I had like two fights as a pro honestly i mean i had a couple pro fights before i really started taking it serious um 
because there's a difference between like amateur serious and professional serious. You know what I mean? And like at the beginning of my, of me going pro, I was trying to do it because people kind of expected me to. And then because, um, trying to like trying to get the, the way to get it across, but like, it just felt like I was supposed to, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But then, like, after I fought Dom Tail Mays, that's when I really got serious about fighting. Um, Dom Tail's in the UFC now. Um, so, I mean, my last two losses are to guys in the UFC, you know. Um, so, I fought Dom Tail, and I was like, man. And I took the fight with him just because, like, he had, like, kind of called me out locally. And um, as an amateur. And I was like, dude, I'm going pro whenever you go pro call me and we'll make it happen and i as i was his first pro fight because i'm a man of my word you know what i mean um and you know the big thing for me then was like i i found out that i could hang with guys like that and i never thought that i could i never believed in myself on that level a lot of people around me believed in me but i didn't have that self-confidence so after that fight i got serious i racked off five wins in a row and um, I won the first ever uh, Hard Rock MMA uh, heavyweight title. That's the biggest promotion in our region. I'm their first professional heavyweight champ, and I'm the first, um, you know, I'm the first guy to hold that belt as an amateur and a professional as well. So um, that was a huge deal for me. Um, and then I defended it against Jordan Mitchell. COVID happened and slowed a lot of things down, you know. So it was almost a year later when i fought again and then two weeks later i'm you know at the contender series (laughs) so the fight coming up in in february what's the plan as far as attendance for people it looks like it said limited tickets available Uh, yeah so um they have i think 200 or 250 tickets available to the public and of course you know that uh, on top of that add in fighters and corners and the rest of it will be pay-per-view uh pay-per-view buys uh, Corey Moons, who you're fighting, what do you know about Corey? Um, um what kind of, you know, the, the biggest thing about Corey Moon, man, is that he's a big old bear. You know what I mean? He's a big guy. He's, he's husky. Um, he's in law enforcement. Um, so he's going to be a gritty guy and he looks like he's got pretty good boxing and some decent kicks. Um, and I mean, that's what I think his strong suit's going to be is his hands. You know what I mean? And he looks like he punches pretty hard. So, um, but I can too. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm a yellow belt, uh, so I'll, I'll fight you. No, I'm just kidding. I won't fight anybody. But <laughs> yeah, are you? What? Did, what? Did, you really got a yellow belt though? Uh, back in high school, I was in a class for a short, short period of time, mostly doing uh, more jujitsu kind of stuff. But uh, I loved it. I just didn't stick with it for very long. Looking to get my kids into some stuff here. Once sure. The stuff passes. Where, you, where are you guys at? We're in Lexington, Kentucky. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I'm in, I'm sitting on the side of the road in Lexington right now. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, we could have done it in person, uh, right? <laughs> um, what is what goes into a full fight prep? Um, diet is number one. Um, diet is everything. Um, it aids in your recovery. It aids in how you feel every day. Um. And then it keeps the weight down. I mean, I'm a heavyweight, but 
you know, I still like to, I like to fight at like 240. That's where I'm comfortable at. And out of camp, I'm normally like 260, 265. So I do lose some weight just because I feel better there. Um, so diet's number one. You like to start like anywhere from eight to 12 weeks out. I usually do like a tw 10 to 12 week camp, um, per, you know, if possible. And then, um, hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. You know, lots of conditioning, um, making sure you keep your strength up. Obviously, lots of uh, technique, technical work, game planning to fight that specific fighter. And then, you know, the, you got to throw your sparring in there. You have to be doing that. How hard is it to get for your coaches to get video on guys in the regional circuit? Um, I mean, it's pretty easy around here, honestly, just because on regional circuits now, that's how they get a lot of their new fans, and that's how they create buzz is by building guys up in the way that we do that now is YouTube and social media. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, everything's pretty readily available, you know, in this part of the country anyways where I normally fight. You know, when I started watching – uh, UFC back, I mean, it would have been like early 2000s and, you know, you had to go to Blockbuster and rent the, the videos and stuff like that. I remember <laughs> Blockbuster. Yeah. <laughs> and so now it is, it's so readily, I mean, uh, between YouTube, social media, all these kinds of things, there definitely is a lot more options to get the sport out there. Um, let's talk a little bit about the upcoming UFC fights. Uh, you know, January is a big month for the UFC, and obviously your goal is to yep. get, get there and stick there in the UFC. Uh, tomorrow night, we're recording on Friday night. Tomorrow night is the first card uh, led by Max Holloway and uh, Calvin uh, Cater. I think that's mm -hmm. his name. I said it different ways a couple different I think it's Qatar or something Qatar. like that. I'm not sure. Yeah. And then uh, Carlos Condit, Matt Brown, they're kind of kind of a, a big part of that, that fight Ooh. as well. Um, well, that one got a reaction. So let's talk about that one. Condit and Brown. Yeah. Um, I mean, those two guys right there, I mean, I've been following forever. Matt Brown actually comes to the, to the hard rock fights. He's got guys he corners at the fights that I fight at. Um, so, I mean, Matt, and we've, we've implemented a lot of Matt Brown's tie sweeps and elbows into my game, um, specifically. Um, so, I mean, I have a ton of respect for him and he is a killer too, man. And then Carlos Condit, the same, the same thing, man. I mean, I've been a fan of, uh, his for years. Um, he, you know, he was a interim champion for the UFC. Um, I mean, he is a, you know, that's a great fight. And I know people think that both of those guys are kind of on like the, you know, the downward trend now that they're on the outskirts of their career, man. But that right there will be a good fight. Like it's definitely going to happen. Um, they look you know, I, pretty pumped I would, <laughs> I would like to see probably, I'd like to see Condit win that just because I like Condit a lot. Like I've always, um, tended to gravitate towards his fighting style. I like him a lot. Condit's a slight favorite uh, uh, for that fight. Um, you got a guy like Max Holloway coming into a fight. Uh, he's you know been around for a little bit, 
Uh, well, both of these guys, uh, him and, and Qatar, are, have both been around for a while, both of them about 25 fights in the UFC mm-hmm. or in professional fights. Um, what is it? Can you learn anything from the smaller guys' fights, um, or is it strictly kind of focused in on on more of the light heavyweights and heavyweights to, to kind of do your game? No, definitely. I mean, anytime a guy's doing something right, there's something to learn there. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I think that one of the big things that people are talking about with Holloway now is how he's not sparring um, for camps. Like he did when he fought um, Volkanovski last time, the rematch of that fight, he did all of his training over Zoom because uh, Hawaii is pretty locked down mm-hmm. um, due to COVID. And like, I mean, you're, I mean, they're locked down heavy. So, um, you know, he's being innovative um a lot of guys are easing back their sparring now just because you know every punch you take in training is one less that you can take it in your career you know what i mean and it takes out a lot of unnecessary brain trauma and that's one of the things that i like about um the guys i'm, I'm actually headed to train with what we've kind of deemed as the kentucky fighters group here it's just a bunch of guys that train at different spots all over the state and um, we get together every Friday night at 8 p.m. to, to get that cross training in um, with other guys. And we're bringing in some of the, you know, some of the better up and coming fighters in the state right now. I mean, we got Brian McDowell, who just won on UFC Fight Pass um, training there. Um, you know, Ruben Wars come out. My brother, Trent Knott, who was supposed to make his pro debut um, pretty recently, he actually got in a car accident and, you know, he's kind of sidelined for a while. And I mean, we've got a who's who of up young, up and coming hungry guys that we're meeting up and, and putting in work and, you know, who else to um, take tips from, but those guys who are doing it on the biggest level, like Holloway, like, you know, um, like I said, I picked up stuff from Matt Brown. I mean, he's a, he's a 170 guy. Um, you know, so any guy that's doing something right, there's something to, you know, pick up from him. I mean, you know, the rise of Conor McGregor, how many guys do you see fighting like him now? You know what I mean? Picking up that style. And I even use some like that high guard that Conor uses where he keeps that left hand extra high. That keeps you out of trouble from the overhand, right? You know what I mean? Um, when that comes through, you keep that arm out a little better, you know. Wednesday night, uh, an exciting mid- midweek fight. Well, let's stop. First of all, Saturday is the first time the UFC is going to be on ABC um, ever uh, that ABC's held. And it's the first time ABC's had any kind of fight on since I forget when it was. It's been a, a long time, 2002 maybe. Uh, sure. So that's a pretty big deal for for really mixed martial arts continuing to grow. It's it's becoming one of the more popular sports in America and it seems like the more visibility it gets, obviously, the, the more people are going to get into it and like it. I think you've That's one that. thing. I actually just heard that today, that it's on ABC. Is that on, like, like cable television, or do they have an app? No, it's just on ABC. Yeah. Really? Okay, that's cool. Sorry yeah. to butt in there. I just, no, that's that fine. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I know um, – I forget who was talking about that. I guess it was probably, I think it was Ariel Hawani this week, him and DC were talking about that on their show. Um, that just the, the magnitude of this uh, being where it's anybody can watch it from anywhere. And uh, that's, even that's fights, huge. Yeah. Even the fights on like ESPN plus, I mean, a lot of people still get to see them, but it is, you got to pay for ESPN plus in order to see it and that kind of stuff. And, and uh, so just being on network television, that's, that's a big deal. Yeah, uh, Absolutely. 
Wednesday night, uh, uh, a rare midweek fight, Michael Chiesa and Neil Magny uh, going at it. Um, right now, Magny is the uh, slight favorite in this mm-hmm. fight. Uh, what do you think of these two guys, and what do you think that fight can can? Um, I like Chiesa a lot, man, but I would have to probably pull – I would probably have to go with Magny on that, man. I like him a lot. He's a super talented fighter. Um they're not two guys that I'm extremely knowledgeable knowledgeable about, honestly, but I think that Magni is the smarter fighter. So I would have to probably pull for him um, on that fight. Explain what you mean by smarter. Is it smarter as far as he doesn't take shots? Smarter as he um, beats things? He, he's smarter? just a he's just his fight IQ is really good. He's good at not taking damage. And that's one of the things that a lot of guys, you know, um, that last a long time in the sport are good at. You know what I mean? Not taking damage, being a very um, defensive fighter like John Jones, man. Uh, sometimes John Jones' fights are kind of boring, honestly, but he's had a super long career. And um, he might be my age now, you know what I mean? And could go five more years, ten more years. Um just because he doesn't take damage, man. Damn it. Not taking damage leads to a longer career as a fighter. Then uh, the big fight that most people are excited for. Of course, you had the one fight that got canceled that was supposed to be on, on the card. Um, uh, and then it just slipped my mind who it was. Um, oh. Uh, Ed, Ed Edwards? Oh, Leon Edwards and... Yeah. Uh, uh, Kamzat Shemaev. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, dude. That they rebooked March. that from. Yeah, they rebooked it for March. But yeah, that would have been a a good fight, man. That Shemaev guy came out of nowhere and is a monster. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that fight. That's going to be yeah good. for sure. Uh, yeah, Saturday the 23rd, Dustin Poirier, Conor McGregor rematch. Uh, Poirier is a different fighter now than he was when they fought the first time. Conor making a uh, uh, his appearance again for the first time. He fought once last year, wanted to fight more and didn't work out. Um, yeah. What, what does Connor bring to the sport, not just to the UFC, but to the sport as a whole? Um, what, what is what he does that makes everything special about, about him? Star power, man. He's polarizing. I mean, you got people that, I mean, he's, I mean, he's almost got a religious following. I hate to put it in that. I hate to put it in that perspective, but I mean, you got some guys that are like, they love Conor McGregor, whether he wins or loses, man. And every time he fights, it's a huge spectacle. I mean, he's got Ireland behind him. And then, you know, um, you know, now he, you know, he's kind of calmed down with his crazy annex that made him popular because he doesn't have to do that anymore because people are going to get, people are going to watch the show regardless now. Um, but you know he brought the um, he he made it a spectacle, man, and that's why you see so many guys trying to do that now. They're trying to make the you know the 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 uh, WWE appearance, and then you know get in the real fight. <laughs> you know, does Poirier stand a chance against McGregor? You think? I think Poirier beats him. Really? Yeah, that's. I mean, I I. Uh, I mean, it's a close fight, man, but the longer that fight goes, the more it tilts towards Poirier. You know what I mean? I mean, look at, you know, when, when Nate and Connor fought, um, you know, he got, you know, he started getting winded. Yeah. Um, 
the Mayweather fight, which I know that's a totally different thing, but he started getting winded a little bit, you know. Um, I I think that Poirier could beat him. Mm -hmm. um, now, he's got to watch Connor, man, in the first round, definitely, just because of his explosive knockout power. Dude, if he gets your chin, you're probably not going to have a good night. You know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I am pulling for Poirier, and the biggest reason, whenever I um, – Whenever I was making my professional debut, I actually went to American Top Team to take some classes and train there for like four days. And um, I promise you, I'm not joking. Every single time I went in there, Poirier was in there before everybody, and he was at, he was there when everybody was leaving. Hmm. And I mean, he was living in there. That guy has, you know, I mean, he's just got extreme work ethic. And then I like him a lot just because he's a clean cut, nice guy, and. Um, you know, he's a workhorse, man, and I've got a lot of respect for him. Not that I don't have respect for Connor. I just, you know, I'm pull I, I I'm pulling for Poirier to get it to get a belt. You know what I mean? To get the I know he's been interim champ, but I want to see him get the real deal. The other fight on that card that a lot of people are looking forward to is Dan Hooker and Michael Chandler. Um, Hooker, the slight favorite in that fight. Um, any experience with Chandler or any of those guys? Um, I've watched Chandler fight a lot, actually, in Bellator, man, and I like him. Um, but, you know, it's interesting to see how guys, you know, make that crossover from the UFC um, because sometimes, you know, Bellator's been known to give, you know, give people some fights, and I don't think that Chandler's had that because, like, he's fought, you know, the best that Bellator's got, and that's why he's like, hey, it's time for me to make the – make the move so um i'm not i don't think i could make a call on that one man because hooker's a beast and i don't know and i don't know what to expect from chandler you know what i mean it's like his first fight all over again even though he's got many fights under his belt i could i don't want to make a call on that one honestly just because i i don't want to I don't know. I want to be surprised with like some of them. You just want the surprise. You know what I mean? Like every fight you got a guy that you're pulling for. And then some of them, um, I just, I want somebody to, you know, I just want to see somebody impress me and win, man. Some fights, it's just about watching. You know what I mean? Some yeah. fights when you get, you feel really strongly about the fighters. Like whenever I watch fights with, with my buddies, man, some of them I'll be up bouncing around, freaking out. Like, <laughs> whenever, whenever Cowboy and Connor fought, I knew that Connor was going to come in and be a beast. But I wanted to see Cowboy get the W, man, real bad. So, like, I was all the pieces watching that fight. <laughs> Tell me, uh, we're almost <laughs> done here. Tell me what, because um, right now the two, of course, the two main uh, uh, organizations would be Bellator and UFC. There are plenty of other ones out there. Right now, that seems like, and correct me if I'm wrong, the main goal for most fighters is get to the UFC. That's like the the top of the top, right there. Obviously, I'd, I would yeah. I would assume you wouldn't turn down Bellator if they came calling. But um, what is it about those organizations that make them special? Each each in their own money. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, that's 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 what it is, man. Ain't no, I, there's a lot of guys that are fighting because it's fun. I'm fighting for two reasons, man. Number one is because, you know, it provides more financial stability. And then number two, man, there was a lot of times that I thought about uh, quitting fighting and giving up. And I don't want to be that guy that, that dies with these dreams in the tank, mm. you know? Yeah. And, you know, that's, 
you know, my, everybody's motivated by money because, I mean, my boss says it best. The owner of Elite says it best. He's like, look, man, money's not everything, but next to air, it's the most important thing in life because it buys food and water and you yeah. got to have both of those to live. <laughs> so, you know, anytime you can make more money and anytime you can live out dreams, man, and nobody says, hey, I'm not talking smack to any promotion at all, but whenever you ask somebody where they want to fight, what does everybody say? UFC. The UFC. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, that's, it's, that's as simple as it gets for me, man. It's just, you know, everybody wants to be in the UFC, man. And, um, you know, now I have the knowledge of what it's like to fight for them. And I'll say this being pretty open, man, is a lot of people, want that problem until they get it you know what i mean and then it and then they can't handle it and it's one of those things where i let that i let that affect me this past time i let you know the thought of me not training as much as i should have in that time between my title defense and then showing up to that contender fight and then the hustle and bustle of trying to get caught up to be able to fight doing the medicals the publicity um you know all that stuff and i think that i handled it well last time i think that you know with the rush that everything was because those guys had already been there for a week that were fighting on that i was the guy coming in last and they were rushing to get everything done for me um i think i handled that well and i know i know where i belong now yeah and it's, and it's time to start charting that course back so what is that? That's my last question. What is that chart? What? How many wins are you away from getting back in? What's What's the the big steps? I guess now to get get there. Um. Well, you know, I don't know right now. You You don't know the UFC. You're not in a, nobody's in a tight relationship with them unless you're at the very top. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know even the even the guys that are signed with them, they have to offer them three fights a year. I think, but. They don't, I mean, they don't reach out to talk to you, man, unless they got to fight for you. You know yeah. what I mean? They're not like, hey, what's in your plans? They're not asking you about your family. You know what I mean? And they probably do. I don't know. You know, I don't know all that well yet, but you know, it went from conversation to zero as soon as I lost, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I, and I know that, you know, we're like, you know, the contender series is like the minor leagues for them. You know what I mean? So I get that, but, um, I don't know right now. All I know is I got to win. Yeah. You know what I mean? Every win that I get again, I, I stepped up for them. I'm hoping that they'll scratch my back whenever I get, I pick up another win or a, another two wins, but I know that I'm not stopping until I'm back there and I win and I'm in, you know? And that's awesome. Well, we really enjoyed watching your fight uh, on the Contender Series. Uh, like I said, me and my kids both, we, we all really enjoyed it. Uh, we're rooting for you. Another Kentucky guy. Uh, not, a, not a lot of well-known Kentucky guys in the UFC right now. Um, so the state, state is, is cheering for you as well. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. Thank you for sharing uh, your story and everything that's going on. And we'll keep cheering for you. February the 27th uh, in Bowling Green, hrmma.com. If you're in the area and want to attend, and then is there a way people can catch it? How do they, is it through hrmma.com that people can watch it? As well? Um, so basically guys, just give me a follow on Instagram at hurricane underscore Hunsucker. Give me a follow on Instagram and then I'll post the details on there because they'll give me a link closer to time 
for the pay-per-view after the event sells out. So um, just give me a follow on my social media. You'll get to see, you know, my training pictures, pictures of my kids, my animals, um, you know, me teaching martial arts classes. You'll get to see all kinds of cool stuff, and then you'll get to keep the details on the fight, too. That's great. We'll put that in the podcast notes as well, uh, where you can find them on Instagram uh, there. Harry, thank you so much for taking time to be with us. I sure appreciate you uh, talking to us on your drive and good luck tonight training and have fun. Thanks, man. Have a good night. All right. We'll see you. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye. Big thanks to Harry Hurricane Hunsucker for being with us today. Some technical difficulties there on his drive to his next training, uh, but I sure appreciate him coming through and, and being there for us again. Uh, started to say this a few times throughout the program, but we're also sponsored by Blue Coolers. At Blue Coolers, they provide high-quality roto-molded 10-day ice coolers, drinkware, and other outdoor products. They've Some have called them the Yeti Killer. Uh, they aim to provide high-quality performance products at a fraction of the price of the leading brands and their products are rugged durable heavily insulated and come with a five-year warranty that's blue coolers we'll put a link for them as well in the notes uh podcast notes and in the comment section on youtube and uh, then don't forget about skull candy as well if you're looking for headphones, earbuds, true wireless earbuds, by the way, speakers and more, we'll post the link for them as well. We had a great time talking at the MMA and until next time, we will see you around the sports stove.